ready to rise above loud, angry headlines, longing for an alternative to the world's fighting and fear-mongering? Christianity Today magazine offers a trustworthy, faithful perspective on stories that matter to you, from the church next door to movements and ministries all around the world. Subscribe to CT for full access to in-depth reporting, insightful commentary, and redemptive storytelling, both online and in print. A subscription to CT also includes seasonal devotionals, special issues, and exclusive content. Visit orderct.com today or click the link in the show notes to get started and join a growing community of thoughtful evangelical Christians who value different news that makes a difference. That's orderct.com to subscribe today. Hello, this is Russell Moore, and you're listening to Signposts. The other day, I was uh, flipping through the channels on television, and I came across a scene of Kenneth Copeland and Jesse Duplantis, who were sitting at a table having a conversation. Now, first of all, if you don't know who Kenneth Copeland and Jesse Duplantis are, uh, these are two of the most prominent uh, prosperity gospel preachers, word faith uh, preachers in the country, and I just can't help but stop and watch whatever it is that they're saying. And and as I did so, uh, they were talking about uh, private jets. Just providentially, I happened to stop as they're talking about private jets. I immediately started sort of live tweeting the, the situation. And then later, someone posted a video of it that, that kind of was shared around uh, Facebook. And so I was able to relive uh, the whole experience. And here was the gist of what of what these two prosperity uh, gospel preachers were saying. They were talking about being on a private jet, and Jesse Duplantis said that as he was flying on his jet that God had spoken to him and said, how do you like your your jet, uh, Jesse? And he said, oh, I like it fine. And God said, well, would you want a better jet? And and he said, oh, no, no, I'm, I'm essentially I'm happy with the jet that you've given me. And God said to him that he had a stagnant faith because the argument is if you're if you're not asking for more and more and better and better from God, then that means that you have a, a stagnant faith. At which point Kenneth Copeland uh, stopped the conversation to make an argument for why uh, these sorts of uh, preachers need uh, private jets. Uh, Creflo Dollar, you'll remember, was in a lot of controversy over uh, asking for millions of dollars for his own private jet. And uh, Copeland said, you know, you, you can't uh, you can't stand up and pray uh, when you're when you're flying on a, a commercial uh, aircraft. We really need these aircrafts to be able to uh, to get from one place to the other, and also to be able to commune with God. Because otherwise, you're just in a tube, as he says, filled with with demons. And so, you need these private jets. And that went back to Jesse Duplantis talking about how you really need to be seeking and asking and praying for for more and more and better stuff. And then what 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 got me at the moment, and I think I tweeted this out at the time, was he, he immediately says, "All right, let's turn to to the book of Amos." Now, I mean the the irony and chutzpah to sit there and to talk about private jets and millions of dollars coming in from people in order to fly on these private jets and then to turn around and to talk about Amos of all things 
the Old Testament prophet who is railing against uh, the people who exploit the poor was just too much. <laughs> I mean, too much for me to, uh, to, to even imagine. So as I was thinking about that, I think it's probably good for us to consider for a moment exactly what is wrong with the prosperity gospel uh, movement. What you see when you turn on television and you watch TBN, when you listen to uh, Joyce Meyer or Joel Osteen or Kenneth and Gloria Copeland or Creflo Dollar or um, any of these uh, prosperity gospel teachers, what exactly is wrong with that? I think there are some people who assume, well, this is just another stripe of Christianity. It's, it's not my particular tribe, but it's just another tribe of evangelical Christianity. And there are others who will assume, well, that's just what Pentecostalism is. For those of us who are not in a Pentecostal or charismatic stream of Christianity, sometimes people assume, well, that's, that's just what Pentecostalism is about, which is, to use uh, George W. Bush's uh, phrase, is the soft bigotry of low expectations— as well as a lack of uh, a lack of theological or, or historical honesty, Pentecostalism is not necessarily prosperity gospel, word faith, uh, and so forth. Charismatic uh, theologies are not necessarily that. As much as I disagree with uh, the particular views of the gifts of those streams, prosperity gospel is in an entirely different camp. There is quite a difference between disagreeing with my evangelical Pentecostal brother about what the gift of tongues are in the New Testament and this sort of uh, aberrant heretical theology. Here's why this matters. First of all, because what these prosperity gospel teachers do is to build ministries off of the exploiting of the poor and the vulnerable. What they're doing is essentially exactly what a state lottery tries to do. A state lottery wants to come in and to get people who are uh, vulnerable, people who are desperate, and to say, you need to buy lottery tickets because you could potentially hit the big time uh, with this. And, and the state lottery will use images of people who are, who are super wealthy, rolling in money, and saying, this could be you. These prosperity gospel preachers typically do the same thing. You could be living the sort of life that I am living in if you just follow the directions that I give to you, which often include sending money, either explicitly or implicitly. Some of them, it's a seed that you're giving toward future uh, benefit. For some of them, it's, it's, uh, it's just, you know, you, you really ought to given to support our ministry and to step out in, in faith. And the, the level of prosperity will, will differ, and, and it targets different sorts of vulnerable people. For some people, it is uh, baldly financial. I mean, that's, uh, that's the sort of thing that you see happening with Kenneth Copeland and Creflo Dollar, or rigorously physical in terms of physical health. So if you're on television and you're talking to that single mom who doesn't know how she's going to make her, her uh, rent payment next month, and you say you could, you could plant a seed and you could just believe God, speak the word, and God will give to you this prosperity, that's predatory behavior when you don't have a word from God to do that. And if you say to that person with, with cancer, if you just believe enough and if you just follow our directions and you're going to be healed, 
from this uh, cancer, that's predatory behavior. You're, you're using desperation on the part of someone in order to further your own entrepreneurial, I, I can't even use the word ministry for that. Some of these prosperity gospel teachers, it's not, they're, they're targeting a different group. So it's not so much about uh, whether or not you're going to physically survive or whether or not you're going to uh, be able necessarily to pay your bills, but whether or not you're going to be able to have emotional self-esteem and emotional stability and have a, a positive outlook upon life. But at the root and the core of all of these things is taking people who are vulnerable, exploiting the longings that they have in ways that the Scripture never tells us to do, and as a matter of fact, tells us not to do. Beware of the people who are coming to you with another gospel other than the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that is the most important uh, issue here. It's not just the, the practical, exploitative, predatory behavior happening with these prosperity gospel teachers. It is fundamentally that they are contradicting the gospel of Jesus Christ. And this is, this is what they do. They will appeal to promises that are found in the Scripture, typically in the Old Testament, typically in the law. So Deuteronomy is a book that you're going to hear a lot from prosperity gospel teachers. I will bless you, God says, for obedience and I will curse you for disobedience, sometimes with long lists of what the blessings look like and what the curses look like. They will stand up and preach that, speaking and applying those blessings and curses directly to you or through the mediation of themselves. If you follow my teaching or if you participate in my ministry, then uh, as you seek and ask and claim God's promise, you use the, the power of words, then you are going to be able to receive a blessing. And what that blessing looks like in the way that they define it is uh, strikingly similar to the way that the outside world uh, would define blessing. It means that you're going to be physically prospering, and it means that you are going to be materially well off. Now, it's interesting to me, I was sitting there listening at, a, at another time, and I really don't spend a lot of time watching TBN, but I just happened to, twice in one week, find myself uh, flipping through and finding this. On another episode, Kenneth Copeland and another prosperity gospel teacher were sitting there quoting other older word faith teachers uh, about God's plan for healing, and it is never God's plan for you to uh, suffer. And uh, God wants your healing, and God's power of healing is here simply as a matter of receiving it by faith. And I noticed all the people they're quoting are dead. Uh, so th these are people who eventually got sick and underwent the decay that comes with the valley of the shadow of death. And yet, they are the ones who are speaking of a certainty of receiving physical health through faith. That is not the gospel of Jesus Christ. The blessings that are promised to the obedient people of God in the Mosaic Covenant and elsewhere are promises that are fulfilled, the New Testament says, in the obedient people of God who 
is the obedient lawkeeper. Well, James tells us that if you have broken the law at any point, you are a what? A lawbreaker. And if you are a lawbreaker, then you are under the curse. Who is it who has kept the law of, of God in word, thought, and deed? Only one human being, Jesus of Nazareth. We are blessed in Christ. So if you are trying to find the blessings of God outside of Christ or unmediated through Christ, you are coming to God with a different gospel. And how do we then have these blessings in Christ? These are things the scripture says that are seated with Christ in heaven. So while New Testament tells us, Romans 8, for instance, we suffer with him in order that we may be glorified with him, our identity, Colossians 3, is found in Christ. So we don't need to ask, can I look and see if God is, is, is uh, favorable toward me on the basis of how I'm, uh, how I'm prospering? Is God favorable toward me on the basis of how my uh, bank account is doing? No, you ask, is God favorable toward me based upon whether or not Jesus Christ, my head, is alive, and he is, and is prospering, and he is. God is putting all of his enemies under his feet. And the curses that the Old Testament, the Mosaic Covenant and elsewhere lays out also come to fulfillment in Jesus Christ. He has become... Galatians chapter 3, a curse for us. All of those calamities have fallen upon Jesus Christ at the cross so that by the Spirit he might be a blessing to all of the nations through the Abrahamic covenant. That's the promise that we have. So when you hear people saying, try to find evidence of God's favor towards you, in something other than the crucified, buried, resurrected, interceding Jesus Christ, then you are hearing a different gospel from the gospel of Jesus Christ. But it's a gospel that happens to pay very well for those who preach it. But if we are not able as the body of Christ to stand up and say, this is not Christianity, this is a Canaanite fertility religion, which it is, then we are negotiating away the gospel. This is Russell Moore, and you're listening to Signposts. Every day, CT testifies to the reality that Jesus is alive, transforming his world and bringing his kingdom to bear. Jesus transforms, CT equips. Make a gift to our nonprofit ministry with a gift of $20 to provide 150 more people with redemptive storytelling, global perspective, and thoughtful podcasts. Give now at morect.com equip.